I'm Carrington J. Tatum, Editor-in-Chief. I'm Sawyer Click, your Managing Editor. And welcome to Editor's Note. This is the first episode of what we hope to be a semester-long, if not longer, uh, project. Sawyer, how are you feeling today, bro? I'm good. I mean, school started, you know, I got, I got those last semester blues hitting. Mm. Uh, I have my last first day of school. But, you know, we Wait a minute. You got the last semester blues? Like, if it was my last semester, you know how happy I'd be, though? I'm happy, but then I'm like, I've been through, you know, like, five semesters of this? Mm-hmm. You're telling me I got to do it again? I, that, ain't, that ain't fair. No, nah, I feel that. I feel that. I, I definitely didn't. Yesterday, when you told me I had class, like, I was pretty pressed, but I got some sleep, woke up, drank water. I felt better. Like, I was able to hit the 8 a.m., and, like, I didn't want to be there. There was no changing that, but... I didn't feel like dying while I was there. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I had a 2 p.m. <laughs> I definitely didn't wake up until like 1 p.m. Yeah. Did you have a good winter break? It was good. I spent time in New York. Uh, girlfriend met the family. <laughs> we live in large all 2019. No, that's dope. I'm going to tell you what I did over winter break. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I did, bro. I didn't do a single you thing. You missed me? Yeah, I, I did. I got to be honest. <laughs> Yo, I, honestly, like, I was pretty pressed because, like, hometown, like, I had one good friend there, but he wasn't checking for me. And so I was like, oh, so I really don't know anybody in my hometown. So I just got to sit here, watch Sawyer, have a great time in New York, and just reflect on how um how it's just me out here. <laughs> hey, we, we back together now. We living. No, nah, I appreciate that, man. Uh, Kim Fox is like an old married couple, bro. And she does. She ain't wrong, though. Yeah, like I wanted to argue with her, but I couldn't. Like It's factual information. But no, nah, I'm just happy I met my soulmate, you know, like at this age. <laughs> Um, so that way I really, you know, we got forever to spend together. You know what I mean? All right, moving on. <laughs> but no, man. So, I mean, winter break's over. Everybody's getting back into, into gear. Um, and including the star, like, are you ready to get back to work? For sure. You know, we put out our first paper. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the quickest production day. Like we, we have like a day for those Yo. who don't know, we have a day where we put the paper together and it's like everything tries to fall together. And like 99% of the time, they don't fall together that easy. Nah. And yesterday was smacking. Like I can't, we were hitting every bar. That, that whole last semester, I can't name three things that fell together. <laughs> uh, but I know that last night, like we turned the paper in at 4.30 p.m. Bro, it was so crazy. That doesn't happen. I can't believe that. Like they, they used to start production like the year before me. They started at 5 p.m. I don't know what hit, bro. I don't know. I think it, I honestly, I think it's because we didn't have class. That's my hot mm. take, but I don't mm. want to jinx it. I want to say it's because we worked hard. I want to say it's because we're on top of our game. This is like season two star. <laughs> so like, you know, we, we, we know what to do now. So we got it done. Um, but we'll see what happens next Monday. <laughs> we'll see if we it's keep that It's going to be energy. a different story, yeah. What did you do for MLK Day? I had class. Um, class? I, I went out. I checked out, you know, there was a march, like mm. a demonstration from students. They were uh, marching from the LBJ Mall over to the Ballroom Theater in LBJ uh, to the MLK thing. Demonstration, like in protest to the uh, student arrest from last year. I mean, we're coming up nearly a year mm-hmm. on the arrest. It's like the end of this, midway into this semester. Right. And I think it's important to note that those students who were arrested, like, there hasn't been movement they're on in limbo. their case ex- until now. Yeah. Like, you know, they're just now handing out papers. And so it's like, I think a lot of this is in response to kind of that action, right? Because there's, we still have unanswered questions, right? We don't know what the result of that case is going to be. Um, I think there are a lot of students who feel like the Texas State Administration didn't do their part handling that situation, mainly not arresting students who were like, 
protesting in a nonviolent manner. Yeah, they're mm. sort of just like sitting on the wayside and letting students have their bout with administration. That's always tricky because like I know there are definitely faculty who feel a chilling effect. Like although they have the academic freedom, like I know that mouthing the administration as an employee isn't always the best way to, you know, yeah. have the longest career um, somewhere. But uh, there, there's a few professors who have, you know, come out and kind of shown their dissent of how, regardless of where you stand on the issue of whether or not students should have blocked the the police cruiser, like, that's a different issue. I think a lot of people, especially academics, have issue with the fact that it was nonviolent protest and the university responds with arrests, um, you know, several weeks after the um, the incident itself. And so that's what a lot of people communicates like, you know, it's almost vilifying peaceful protest. Right. And for those who don't know, we can sort of describe uh, why they were arrested following a town hall hosted. Uh, police officers were escorting uh, former student government vice president Jackie Merritt. Jackie Merritt. Yep. Jackie Merritt. And uh, students had st- like, they stood together in a chain uh, protesting their leaving um, for various reasons, mostly because there were so much unresolved mm-hmm. answers last year. And it was like, we're pulling and tugging just to hear a word from the administration. Exactly. Uh, they ended up not being arrested on site, uh, even though officers tried to. Um, they later served them warrants. They arrested them during finals week, mm-hmm. uh, which is a crazy. I, I couldn't even imagine being a student having to rock through that one. Uh, I think they ended up with like obstruction of a public roadway public highway and then i think that's the there was another one too right um can't remember the other i can't one. remember the other charge and i'm, I'm not gonna like put it out there because it's legal um legal jargon but i think it's also important to note um although it was initially jackie merritt's car because i was actually there i happened funny enough i was just trying to get to my dorm at the time and like i lived in arnold hall and so it's like like you can see lbj mm-hmm. from from my dorm and so like I just happened to be like swiping in, you know, just got back from the newsroom. I was about to go chill at home and I just like hear something. Like I just hear like a door fly open and like yelling from across the street. And I'm like, at first I was like, that ain't my problem. I'm not on Star's payroll. Weird. <laughs> but I was like, I got to check though. Like, let me just check. And so I like walked over, I peeked my head out and turns the corner. It's Jackie Merritt. She's walking, has a helmet in her hand. And there's another senator. I don't know this senator's name. Um, and, like, I don't – I feel like I never saw him again after that incident. But um, those two were walking towards the garage. You had students who were, you know, demanding answers from them, right, following them to the garage. You had police on the side of um, the student government members, like, escorting them to the vehicle. Jackie tried to leave in her car. Um, and the police were like, okay, we'll just get out. We'll escort you in the police cruiser. Um, and they didn't let that pass either. Um, and I think the nuance that's often missed in that situation is that the students weren't really concerned with Jackie in that moment because, like, Jackie's the vice president. Like, if anything, she just facilitates, like, the meetings. Right. Um, they wanted to hear from the senator. Right. And he wasn't providing any answers. Yeah. I mean, just some more context for those that don't. Uh, Clegg's first impeachment hearing uh, didn't meet quorum. He got—he escaped. He, he didn't have to face trial until it came— Three days before he was even supposed to be out of office. But uh, mm-hmm. in the end, he was out following the town hall, the sit-in, following it all. Yeah. And I think I think you really hit the nail on the head earlier to kind of sum up their feelings is that, you know, in a lot of ways, it's a matter of communication and a matter of just being acknowledged. Like, it's, it's more so a question of, like, 
validity right like than it is you know the, any like brute force action you could take right that's one of the you know that's one of many stories we really had an eventful like semester Yo, but i'm but, thinking and like that was that wasn't even last semester that was two semesters that's ago. true tell me what happened last semester last semester not much in, in terms of student government? I mean, well, yeah, we had our student government. You know, there's always mm-hmm. something. Uh, we had our uh, Brooklyn Boring, uh, mm-hmm. TPUSA come out. That We had that one. And, that then, w- and then we got silence, radio silence the whole semester. I mean, we broke a couple ones. You broke your story on RAs, mm-hmm. uh, hitting some gag orders. It was yeah. just like a, a peaceful year. You know, there, was, there was, weren't much protests on campus. I don't know, bro. I feel like, I think it's all about like, I think it's about who you ask because... Sure, we got radio silence from administration. We got radio silence from police um, and the DA's office, which, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say is like the most uncalculated silence <laughs> in the world. But while that issue kind of had to be quiet for a while, there are plenty of other things going on. You know, you mentioned TPUSA, which like I'm curious to see from your standpoint um, as a managing editor and also being the person with the byline on the TPUSA story. Like, what are, I, I want to know, like, what you're looking forward to following up on, and if you feel like TPUSA is like a closed case. Uh, I, I want to know where the money came from. I want to know who brought that in. I know it's there. I combed through the financial records. It's not there. It came in through someone. Hmm. I know a couple things. I know, uh, nah, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna put too much heat on the mic, but um, <laughs> Yo, no, nah, I'm looking for a lot. Don't can't think do it's that. over. Don't think it's over, y'all. No, nah, you can't do that. You can't preface that you got some heat with a not share. No, nah, I, I, I got I, I got some stuff. You got some coming? So, like, we haven't heard the last of TPUSA. You know, we're probably not. You know, they came to campus. They did their campus clash. And and that's, that's what I like. That's what it felt like to me because I went to campus clash and, like, it was a very, like, closed. Well, I mean, it, it was an open event, but, like, it was just TPUSA people for the most part. And then yeah. you had, like, some spectators. But I felt like that was kind of their last hurrah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it may be over, you know, publicly, but don't think that they're not going to hit up this next student government president and say, hey, did you want these iPads and money? <laughs> we did it you know for the so? past, like, seven before you. you. You think they'll do it again even after being they, caught once? They're going to have to. Hmm. There's no way they're not doing it. And I hope that this next year, students are smart enough to recognize it. Huh. What did you think of Brooklyn's resignation? It was chilling. Remember, um, you know, I, I was sitting at home and I remember, you know, we all, <laughs> there, there's a group of us, you know, the upper management. We get the press release and we're like, hold up. What? I <laughs> yeah. was playing like video games. I was playing like Grand Theft Auto. And there's a moment of like, I got to work. This yeah. is like Friday. I'm like, come on. It was a Friday, right? It was like it was either a Friday or or a weekend because I was up here like trying to catch up on emails and stuff. Yeah, I got the news. Like somebody hit me with a text. Straight and so, up. No, remember I I got the email. I was like I called you immediately. I said come over. And you yeah, come yeah, over yeah. to my place and we sit in my kitchen and we yeah. call Brooklyn Boring immediately. Hopped in my Ford Focus. Allegedly sped <laughs> down, <laughs> allegedly. down LBJ. Um, and I, I we pulled up and we got her on the phone. Spoke yeah. to her and um. That was it. She resigned. She said the truth doesn't matter. Y'all she, remember that one. That one stung a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, like, she said that her truth didn't matter, that, you know, people have already made up their minds. And I think it's important to know she didn't counter it. There wasn't a, hey, I didn't do this. There wasn't a, hey, here's some more information. It was just, it doesn't matter what I say. That's true. I mean, it's certainly not. It's far from over. But uh, 
It's probably going to be cooking for a minute. You think so? It's probably going to be cooking. I like, obviously we're going to keep tabs on it, but I feel like it's a, a closed case and we'll see because we'll have elections this semester. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not sure like who would be in the runnings, but I mean, it, it's all things we'll keep tabs on. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing I'm looking to like, I don't know if we'll get information like this semester, but the iconic village fire absolutely wild. being ruled in arson absolutely wild that's i'm still having trouble getting my head around that yeah i mean i was there that morning you know i did 4 30 in the morning and i, mm-hmm. I went and covered it still one of the most like absolutely distraught things like i've ever had to see yeah. those kids just walking down with like the little safe boxes with no shoes no shirt oh. and uh yeah, man. I remember I, I would read like every little news coverage of it and my essay, I think, are the ones that first called it. They got a copy of the evidence and the evidence list, which uh, is what people, uh, the fire officials like create uh, what they find on the scene. And there's like some accelerant there. And I was like, hmm. dang, this may have been intentional, but yeah, that's, that's five deaths. And how did you as a reporter like, because I remember blowing your phone up because I, I think I was in Dallas at the time. I remember waking you up. <laughs> no, that actually, actually, no. Um, it was four thirty in the morning. Jeff, uh, who is now our assistant. Oh news, no, that was Jeff. Jeff's in Norway studying yeah. abroad this semester. Homie calls Wait, me. Wait, don't 4:30. tell him that part. <laughs> Hold on, that makes this sound trash. Homie's in Norway. <laughs> He's in Norway. All right, there's a time difference, so homie's up. Um, okay, okay, okay. That's yeah, fair. <laughs> you, you got his copy. And he calls me, and I say, Jeff. And I just, I click that side button twice and I go about my sleeping. <laughs> Yo, you didn't, you didn't reject Jeff's call. No, you didn't. Oh, he calls me again and oh I'm like, God. okay, fine, bro. Like what's happening? Hold and he on. says, Iconic's on fire. Get the keys, get in the Ford Fiesta, skirt on down to the scene. <laughs> and then the cops and the, the police, uh, well, the police and the firemen are like, you can't go any further. I don't know what you're doing. They send mm-hmm. me somewhere else. I go there. Uh, supposedly there were other media there ain't no media there uh basically just running around trying to figure out what's happening that's insane and how did you you know being there while the fire like was did you arrive while the fire was still burning or had it been put out at that point like i think it was the thing was that the building was just like so well hidden Uh between everything i think they were still fighting it i I, there was definitely smoke Mm -hmm. Uh, smoke filled the air still and Um, how did you go about debriefing from that like you know you described kind of watching the students, you know, carry what they could out of the apartment, seeing people in the middle of their tragedy. Like, what did you do to unpack that after the reporting was done? Yeah, it was it was an interesting period. I actually, uh, I was up for a very long time uh, that morning reporting. And then I go back home. Uh, I eat with my girlfriend, go about my day. I really ignored it for a couple of days. Uh, but then I actually wrote a story for Inforney, which is a paper up in North Texas uh, by my hometown. Mm. And uh, I met a fire survivor. And that sort of was like my day, my like debriefing is like I talked to him. I would see what he experienced and it just sort of like helped me uh, confront it all. Oh, but wow. now, yeah, I'm, yeah. No, that's interesting how reporting on it further kind of helped you deal with the initial trauma of, of um, watching something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one thing. Journalists, mental health is, like, one thing to most people don't think about, probably. You know, wartime reporters, I mean, like, mm. all of it just hits. It's definitely pretty hard. Yeah, no, I, props to you, man. I, You definitely um, showed a lot of your reporter chops on that story, and, like, I think that's that's why you're one of the, the 
best reporters. In Say San less. What else happened last year? <laughs> um, we did a lot. You, you wrote your little RA thing. I said, um, yeah, man. D- DHRL been ducking this smoke, man. DHRL, where y'all at? They, they trying to act like it didn't happen. Where like y'all they, at? They acting like I didn't put the story out, telling them that their policy violated First Amendment rights, and they think like people have forgotten. And I don't, I don't think that, they, I don't think they have. Yeah, right. we not, we not letting anybody forget that one. Nah, and I, I'm happy I wrote that piece, like, cause I wanted to write something. Like in my time as editor, like, you know, the management stuff is cool and and reading stories, like, that's fun or whatever. But like, nothing beats just like straight reporting. True. And like, the gag order story was like just a project that I was able to take on, kind of take my my time on, you know, speak to some different sources. Um, finally, it came together towards the end, and um, I think it's gonna be kind of. I think it's going to open a conversation for RAs, for one. Um, but I think it's going to open the conversation for student workers and kind of, you know, we might have to do an audit of of all the rights of student workers on campus. True. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there, there's some fishy stuff out there. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, okay. Let, let's hit winter break real quick and then let's come to now. You down for that one? Yeah, I'm down. All right, this winter break, uh, we got a new UPD chief. Uh, months after Banyalis left us, you know, we had interim police chief Ricky Laddie, who's a sergeant, I believe. Mm. Uh, he served, it's not the first time he served interim. Uh, Banyalis wasn't here that long. Homie was, was not here. here. I think he came in 2016, I want to say. Hmm. He was not here long. I think he, yeah, I, I can't say accurately like 100%, but I believe it was in 2016 he left. I mean, but like, during his time period, it was just white supremacist campus protests, the whole slew of things. Mm-hmm. He left. Ricky Laddie got it. Yo, um, homie was just tired. He was tired of y'all. He went through it. He, he, he was just like, can y'all just relax for a semester? He went through it. Uh, Ricky Laddie, you know, he got the gig. He'd done it before. Um, that hits. And then we wait months. We don't hear anything, bro. We fired and hired a football coach in like three mm. days. Yo, it took y'all eight months to get a new police chief mm. for us. Where's the priorities, Texas State? Interesting. Where's the priorities? That's a hot take, so because like, if you think about the progression of it all, right? Because they were wanted to be meticulous, right? Um, you fire, well, uh, your police chief resigns, and you put out a search. You know, and it's also important to note that UPD, like as an organization underwent its own kind of audit right. and that's what moved it out of, you know, um, student affairs and under, um, Eric Algo right. and like that search and the audit happening at the same time kind of, I think changes probably the outlook of UPD and probably their own operations. We don't know if that comes as a result of what's happened on campus in the past or if it's just a matter of timing where it was just perfectly appropriate for them to do that search now. That's true. Yeah, I mean, they definitely took their time, and I'm not saying that they didn't have to, like, they definitely did not have to rush with it. I just think it's interesting, you know, the coach gets paid upwards of $500,000. UPD chief gets a little over $100,000. Talk about it. Yeah. How much Trout make? Trout make $500,000, right? Coach made $600,000? He makes six hundred thousand. dollars I'm not sure what the new one makes or what his contract is, but... President makes half a mil. They're real quick to spend money. Hmm. Now we have Lori Klaus. We got her. And she's coming from UNT. She was UNT the UNT Health Center? Yeah, she was the police chief of UNT Health Center. She had she's definitely a been an experienced uh policewoman. I think she might be the first uh 
UPD chief to be a woman. Yeah, uh, we need to. Which is a big step. She, um, <clears throat> she's a woman of color as well, right? Yeah, I, I think this. We still need to fact check that. We'll put something out on it, but I think it. Like I'm, we need to talk to her first. I'm not going to pass any judgment on like whether or not she's fit to be a police chief or right. You know, that one's I'm not going to make any judgments on that. But I will say that I would spoke to the the person who was heading that search committee. Um, you know, they they had campus leaders come in and kind of have a conversation um, about what students wanted in the next police chief. And me, I I feel like I wear two hats, right? Um, where you know I have my role as editor in chief of University Star, um, but I'm also an African American student. Um, and so I think walking into that room, and there's only three three people there, right? Um, it's just me, Cassidy Wright, and then um, Yun Wen. And it's like, you know, those three students, granted, there are plenty of students who were invited uh, alongside us, but, you know, we were trying to voice as, as much as we could, like, give as many perspectives, give as much um, information to hopefully tailor the search. And in that meeting, it was still, like, I was still questioning, like, do they actually care what we think? Or is this so they can say they asked students what they thought? And... I think, you know, we'll never know exactly, you know, what their intentions were. However, I will say that the one piece of advice that I gave the committee was don't hire a police chief that's a straight white man for a campus that isn't made up solely of straight white men. That's like, true. They're, they're not the majority here. So I think particularly for a campus like this um, that has this demographic but also has this sort of climate, that's not what... Like, that's not what that position needs to be right now. And so that kind of, like, gives me a little hope that maybe they did seriously consider um, what students had to say. And we got a uh, Latino woman in the, right. the police chief role. I'm excited to talk to her uh, in the weeks to come. She starts February 4th. Uh, we're going to be talking to her next week. We'll probably have her. Uh, we'll talk to her sometime soon. But, yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely excited to have a new one. It feels like could be a start to a new era. I mean, we'll see mm-hmm. where, where Texas State Administration takes us. We know that they're they're known for some curveballs, but uh, we'll <laughs> yeah, see what happens. Know for you, you hide a couple Nazis, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we. I definitely want to have a sit down, um, whether that be, you know, on record, off the record, just kind of get a pulse and, and see, you know, who we really got over at UPD. That's um, true. Because, you know, anything's up in the air. Everything, I'm skeptical to everything until I uh, get some more information to yeah. check it out. I think that was the biggest thing that happened over break. I mean, um, beyond that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, bro, because, like, me and you are not sports guys. Like, 100%. Like, we definitely shouldn't pretend like we're not nerds out here on the podcast. But, like, I'm I gonna, feel like. I'm going to support all of our athletic teams. But straight up, I cannot watch sports. <laughs> Yo, I love Bobcats, support Bobcats. I'm just a nerd. So, like, I, I can't. But I think, like, our like athletics fans and athletics department would kill us if we didn't talk about like fire ties, baby, bro. <laughs> like I, I don't have a side. Like I'm not, I'm not going to take a stand on this one. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm not either, but I mean, I edit, I mean, for those who don't know, managing editors, uh, I basically oversee the, the content. I, I basically have control of what goes in and what everything. goes in. I read everything. I read the sports, you know, um, some of the sports hitting, some yeah, of them, man. some of them, Football. A lot happened. Some not hidden. <laughs> some are some are definitely missing. Yeah, like I think it was very wild. Just that it all happened so fast, kind of how you mentioned, like with 
the football coach. Yeah. Like with Coach Withers. We said gone. fire Tyson, they fired Withers. Yeah, like, <laughs> like they saw a way different hashtag than we did. Um, <laughs> they opened Twitter, saw fire Withers from one person, said that's enough. Um, they got Withers out of here, got Spav in. Um, I would love to sit down with, with Coach Spav too because, um, you know, going back to that, like those two hats I wear, it's like, cool, I can represent for like students of color, but at the same time, I'm also repping for student media. And if there's two departments on this campus <laughs> that are not fans of student media and have have historically been like resistant to the work that we do, it's UPD and Texas State Athletics. Yeah, um, I can name another like couple few, but we'll go on. No, nah, I mean, yeah, that's true. We we could go down the list, but those two departments in particular, um, especially them both getting new leaders, it's like, you know, I would love to use this opportunity to kind of renew a relationship to where UPD and student media can kind of have a working relationship. I'm not trying to be buddy-buddy with UPD because that's not why we're here. That's true. Um, same with athletics. It's not our job. Um, you can go to other media if you want somebody to run PR for you. Um, but I would love to have a sit down uh, with the new chief and uh, the new head coach and at least try to establish some relationship and get some perspective on, um, you know, how they view student media. So yeah. I, this is me, like, this is me extending like, I want things to be good. Um, I think everybody does. Just, not everybody does, bro. I, <laughs> I think everybody's <laughs> probably everybody got does. some different de definitions of good. The students definitely have one. And then uh, and I the think, coaches have another. Yeah, that's true. I mean, all, all we want to do is, like, talk to people. I just want to report, bro. I just want to write stories. Let our sports team talk to you. Yeah. No, no, we'll, we'll sit down with Spab, though. Um, For sure. I'm excited to see what uh, what happens, you know? We got Spab in. We have Klaus in. Yeah, we got their changes. We'll we'll bring Jacob in here though. We got to get Jacob Zimmel in here so they can give Jacob, the real rundown, the the analysis. Jacob is our wonderful sports editor, and Andrew Zimmel is a wonderful sports uh, writer. writer. Yeah, the veteran. Hard they they both covered uh, Fire Tice. Yeah, but um, front page this week, Katera, a uh, new company from California, tech driven. They're supposed to be bringing all these jobs in. Some people are like, y'all are building awfully close to the river. It's like it's like twelve hundred feet. Wait 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 wait. Slow it down for me because I'm going to keep it real with you. Like, I read the story to make sure it was, like, printable. But, like, I still, I didn't get a chance to digest that. So, there's a company from California. California. They want to build, what is it? It's a factory. It's on the what outskirts. I, I mean, I honestly <laughs> don't know what they make. I can't tell you yet. But I do know it was the former city council and their uh, former mayor, John Tomites. Nah, uh, don't bring up John Tomites, bro. Yeah, he ain't paying the star. Nah, right Tomites, Tomites, cut my check. He owes us uh, some money right now for some advertising. We won't go there yet, but uh, nah, I'm going there. Tomites, <laughs> run me my money, dog. <laughs> I think it's hey, we ain't free. I, I I know a lot of people get this confused, but like nobody pays our bills but us. <laughs> like we have to sell ads to exist. So when you don't run us our money, when you sign an insertion order and say you're gonna pay us something and then you don't do it, John Tomites. That means we can't keep doing journalism. Brutal. When you stiff us like that, we can't keep doing what we're doing. Just don't, like, if you can't pay the money, don't agree to it. We could have went somewhere else. We could have sold those ads. Anyway, so, yeah, yeah. John Tomites <laughs> and his council, uh, they signed some agreement with this big company. Uh, they're going to build a big factory. They waived some standards, like developmental standards. I'm not exactly quite sure. Hmm. Uh, the company's also getting a huge tax break for, like, the next 10 years. Hmm? They also annex some land, and they're giving it uh, partly to Katera. It's going to be like a heavy industrial area. Um, 
I mean, I don't want to say because I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think we're looking at like the middle ground of gentrification in San Marcos. Is that what it is? It was a big gentrification hit in the 50s. We may be looking at the second surge. Whoa. Headed into it, you know. Well, so I'll play devil's advocate, right? So go for it. You know, Katera comes in, they build this factory or whatever. Um, and, you know, city council, they change whatever tax laws and zoning laws like to like make it happen. But I think maybe they do it with the idea of bringing jobs. That's the crazy part. You know, we look at jobs and I, I we wrote a story about this last year about them coming. Um, and it didn't like there's like 542 new jobs, I believe, right off the top of my head. Um, not all of them are big jobs. You know, there's going to be a lot of like janitorial work. And I, be- I believe that's what the case is, is that it's not all clear and cut hmm. tech jobs that is going to be like a big, you know, it may help the environment here, but is it helping the people here? Is it helping the people that need it? That's interesting. Uh, but, but the fuss, you know, at the city council meeting, people were talking about how pollution is going to be a big thing here. Uh, Hoka Marquez, um, city councilwoman, she's been pretty, pretty, uh, heavy into into like going against this development and there were a lot of people at that city council meeting who didn't want it city council hasn't voted on it yet heavily encourage you city council meetings are on tuesdays at 6 30 at city hall on uh, hopkins street go voice your opinion whatever it is i'm not telling you what to say uh make sure you're heard good luck yeah that was one of them uh let's hit the other one uh, they started a, a mental health coalition for San Marcos high school students. I thought that was a really cool, uh, really cool thing. A couple of years ago, they had a youth master plan where they sort of like pulled what youth in San Marcos needed. Hmm. One of those was a mental health coalition. They got a lot of uh, really big people. It looks like they're going to bring a lot of like uh, assistance to San Marcos high school. Um, sort of begs the question, you know, I've I've talked to the the counseling center director a lot. They're a little underfunded too. Mm. So, yeah. So when we have that conversation, though, about the funding mental for health mental on health campus. resources. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a story uh, a little while ago. I, did, I chose not to publish it uh, just because the the content of it. It was pretty graphic. But, hmm. um, you know, our counseling center doesn't get enough credit for what they do. They do what they can. And they live under a squirming budget that they have no control over. Well, it's only it's only funded by the student service fee, right? It's funded directly by our students. So, like, I'm paying for it. Carrington's paying for it. Our man Jaden's here is paying for it. I mean, there, it's, it's just us paying for it. And you know who decides it? Where, where the money goes? Student government. Mm. Student government's handing this money out. No, but it, I, I think it's, it's interesting because it, it also is just another extension of a national conversation of how we value mental health and mental health resources. That's true. And, I mean, I have looked at the numbers on campus and mental health uh, – Clients here on campus going to the counseling center, it's skyrocketed from 10 years ago. It's absolutely skyrocketed. I can't remember the percentage, but, you know, it's a it's a pretty big increase. And we have a really good counseling center. Yeah. So No, I think that's an important resource. I've used the counseling center, and I think it's great for, like, it's a resource, if anything, that should take priority over a lot of other things uh, we fund with a student service fee. Um, for sure. Shout out Kathleen Daly. She's the director. Super great woman. Um Counseling Center's fifth floor, LBJ. Use it if you need it. Mm-hmm. I think that's all, man. It, it was a, a lot of big changes on this first issue. We came out running. I know y'all saw that front page illustration of uh, the painting. Shout out. Smokes. Yeah, shout out shout multimedia out Hubbard, editor. Man. Cameron Hubbard, Cameron Paul Hubbard out guy. here. Yeah, check it out online. I know the print one was a little dusty, but uh, <laughs> online it looks fire. 
Hey, that's why it's important. Remember, young journalists, lighten your photos before you send them to print. <laughs> make sure they see them like hey, y'all. <laughs> that too. But no, man, make sure uh, you subscribe or download uh, whatever you're listening on. If it's Spotify, if it's iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, um, the Star's website, anywhere podcasts are held, uh, check out the University Star. Check out Editor's Note. Thank you for, for listening. Sure. And don't forget to send us an email, uh, stareditor at tastate.edu. Mm, give us your I thoughts. You I know you didn't give them your Give email. us your opinions. Mine, mine's <laughs> long. I mean, mine's like 15 syllables. But real quick, stareditor at tastate.edu. Drop us some tips. Tell us how we're doing. Yeah, um, uh, send me a letter to the editor. I want to hear what y'all think. For it's sure. two-way conversation. For sure. Anything else? Student-run journalism ain't free. And uh, if you can't pay for your journalism, they'll defund you. Um, I didn't make that up. You can Google it. Uh, so consider a donation. Uh, consider a donation. We like the work we do here. And if you like it too, if it's helpful, um, just consider it. I'm Carrington J. Tatum, Editor-in-Chief. I'm Sawyer Click, your managing editor. This has been Editor's Note. Editor's Note is hosted and produced by Carrington J. Tatum and Sawyer Click. Engineered by Jaden Edison, recorded and published through the University Star.